what up long beach coming to you live and direct from the red tier this is the podcast that updates you on everything happening with long beach's local schools their sports teams and our community at large every week we bring you this show and it's always brought to you by the 562.org i am jj fiddler i'm mike gardabasio the show also brought to you as part of our partnership with the long beach post where you can find our some of our latest sports coverage as well as a ton of education coverage just uh, broke a really big story that was about a month in the making about exactly which parts of Long Beach are sending their kids back to school as those schools reopen. And I'm Tyler Hendrickson. Uh, Mike, we've got so much coverage uh, <laughs> to share with you, and it's it's coming fast and furious on, on the 562.org. Water polo preview just went up. Water polo coverage from Monday. We've got our football previews coming up soon. It's Friday night football this week. And we've got Milliken head coach Romeo Pelham joining us for a special interview to preview his game against Los Al. Milliken season and everything going on in more league football. It is a crazy whirlwind time, but we are here to bring all the information to you. Friday night lights upon us this week. We're so excited to be back on the sidelines. Timestamp it. It is Tuesday the 9th. It is almost 1 p.m. And like we said at the top of the show, into the red tier we go. Very excited to see that some of these schools are not going to have to continue the rigorous COVID-19 testing to continue this spring season. Only six games, no playoffs, no championships, but student athletes back competing. We'd love to see it. And we're all going to be at games on Friday. I'm Back on wood. Speaking into existence, Mike. I'm very excited to see Lakewood and St. Anthony at Clark Field. A double dip, I feel like, is the perfect way to get back into this mix. Yeah, I'm going to uh, Cabrillo, where Polly is going to be hosting Sarah. They're playing it at Cabrillo instead of at Polly uh, to allow for fans to sit on both sides since the Sarah uh, families are coming from out of area. Um, but there will be a game a couple weeks later against Wilson under the lights at Bertram Field for the first time in history. Um, that field is the oldest continuously used sports facility in the city of Long Beach. It dates back more than a hundred years on that campus, but it had never had lights until they just recently upgraded the uh, turf. So it will be hosting a football game under the lights against Wilson, but they'll be at Cabrillo for Sarah on Friday, a game that will also be streamed on uh, Fox Sports prep, uh, prep zone uh, if you can't make it out to the game. Uh, but obviously we'll be there with all of the coverage as well. Yeah, you can, for that Polly Wilson game, when the uh, 95-year rivals link up, you can expect the ghost of Daddy Bertram to uh, to make an appearance for that contest. The, There's going to be a lot of ghosts old rivals going at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, lot, a lot of ghosts, no power. Um, I'll, I'm, I'm excited to check out uh, the Milliken-Losal game. Um, Coach Pelham's got, got his squad ready in a very tough test uh, against a really good uh, Los Al team, Malachi Nelson, a five-star, well, soon to be five-star recruit, a sophomore quarterback uh, leading the Griffins. So looking forward to that game. Not sure how many Milliken parents will be able to join at that game. We'll talk more about that later in the show. You have probably seen that a lot of things in Long Beach are beginning to open back up. As we said, we're recording this just minutes after uh, LA County's adjusted case rate was uh, announced this week at 5.2, which officially puts Long Beach and LA County in the red tier. That means you're going to see a lot more businesses open. One business we encourage you to support is Naples Rib Company. They have supported us throughout this entire pandemic. They've continued to be a sponsor of our coverage, even as that coverage has changed uh, towards more features and education coverage and less sports coverage. They're still supporting us as we shift back into sports coverage. So they've been supporters of ours for over a decade. We really encourage you as you're thinking about maybe that first meal 
you're going back out for outdoor dining. Maybe uh, as the CDC guidelines just said, you're vaccinated and you're thinking of having a couple other friends over to eat dinner in your house for the first time. Think about going to ribcompany.com or giving them a call, Naples Rib Company, to uh, cater or host that special sort of reopening celebration that you have and make sure to tell them that the 562 sign. We are now joined by our special guest for the week, head coach at Milliken, a football local guy. And that's what we love to have in Long Beach. Local guys making football here so much better. It's Romeo Pelham. Coach, how are you? Man, I'm good, man. Chilling. How y'all doing? Man, I appreciate y'all having me on today. Absolutely. How you guys feeling out there? You practicing, getting ready for your first games? Yeah, it's finally here. We've been at it since, you know, conditioning only since, what, September? October took some time off and it's finally here. We didn't think it was going to happen, but I mean, it happened and it's happening faster than we anticipated it to happen. I mean, when we first looked at it, we had three weeks to play. Now we have three days. So, you know, it crept up on us. So uh, we're doing everything we can to, to make sure we're ready to go. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I, you and I had talked a couple of times. I know you, I think you talked to Tyler, too, during the shutdown about, you know, there's not like I, I was real pessimistic. I was like, I didn't think there was any chance this stuff was coming back. Um, so what was your reaction and what was the kids reaction when they heard, oh, we're going to play in our stadium <laughs> like actual football games? What was the move? I mean, it was crazy. I actually told them after one of our conditioning workouts, because initially, you know, I'm a very transparent guy, especially with my players. And I flat out told them, I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't think that we're going to play. And if we're not playing and Orange County is playing, I'll help the seniors. I'll help you guys find a school to play for, you know, and, you know, we're going to continue to work out. But young guys are going to start preparing for next year because I don't think it's going to happen. So, you know, a couple of seniors stopped showing up, um, you know, a good amount of them continue to come. And then, you know, I got, you know, the news start coming out and I just told them, I said, hey, guys, look. I think it's going to be a season. So they fired up. They going, turning up at practice. They happy. Um, and then we actually got the official word and they just went crazy. You know, they just, especially the seniors, they, you know, because some of them, man, they'll, they'll never play football again, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the sucky part about this. And, you know, we're fortunate enough to play six games, but it may be the last six games these kids ever play in their lives. So this is, this is big for them, you know, more so for me, it's bigger for them than it is for these guys that I'm trying to get to college because, I mean, those guys we have some time with, these kids, this is it. Well, and, and we've thought about that a lot, you know, with, with how quick the schedule has shifted and now we have to go into go mode to get previews and everything and, and start covering games. But we just got to remind ourselves, like, it's about the kids and we're so happy for them to get the opportunity You see how happy they are. But, you know, pull, pull the curtain back a little bit as a coach because we've definitely been, been feeling for you guys with how quickly you've had to hit the on switch and get things going, not just trying to win games but just the logistics of practice and gear and clearances and tests and I mean what's what's that been like for you and, and your coaching staff trying to get this going so quickly um it's tough I mean we literally um good thing we had our helmets conditioned already our shoulder pads are squared away um so when we heard that the numbers were going to go down I just said screw it we're going to just start issuing equipment because I knew the day was going to come so that part was a little easy for us. Um, obviously, it took time with all the kids. Um, so that wasn't as bad. But as far as like scheduling field space with all the teams playing and then the testing, like we basically missed our weightlifting workout last week because the testing, it was the first time it took so long. So we essentially missed the day in the weight room. Um, we have to do that again today. So 
I'm anticipating it going faster. It kind of it just it just throws everything off. You know what I mean? But I mean, I complain a lot about it, but at the end of the day, we're blessed to be playing. You know what I mean? We're blessed. It's a good problem to have right now. It sucks that we have to do as you have to do so much, bro, in such little time. You know what I mean? People don't see the the back end of being a head coach about the clearances, making sure all these kids have their forms in. And then, you know, we have to make sure we get with our ADs to see which kids are not eligible. You know what I mean? Who's not academically eligible to play. And, you know, it's, it's just a lot, but I mean, again, it's a good problem to have, I guess, because kids get to play. Kids get to play. It's coming fast. Uh, we talked a lot about this on our other podcast, the LBF show with people who are at Long Beach state and their strength and conditioning coaches kind of being concerned with bringing guys back, guys and gals back and making it go a hundred uh, miles an hour right now. Like for you guys, are you changing the way you're practicing, the way you're preparing your kids for this football season? Because you don't have the buildup of the summer and then the dead period and then pads and all that stuff. Are you guys doing practice differently? Um, I wouldn't say we're doing practice. Well, yes and no. Um, like we're going to continue to lift right now. So we're doing that's a priority for me is is, you know, doing speed stuff, doing conditioning and also lifting weight. That's part of football, part of being a good football team. Um, but we I did you know, we were usually we do two a days. Usually we go at 6 a.m. Then we'll turn around and go maybe around 1 p.m. But I decided to to go back on that this year because we didn't have the buildup and, you know, the safety of our kids is number one. So instead of having two practices, I just made it a three hour practice instead. Um, and we're going a little more in helmets. Um, we're going shoulder pads and helmet only a good amount. Like today we're going to go full gear. But just to eliminate, eliminate some of that stuff, you know, um, but we do tackle every day. We do hit every day, but we're trying to do a little bit more with bags. So it's not as much wear and tear just because, I mean, guys are going to get banged up and we're trying to limit that as much as possible. So, you know, the game's coming up against LaSalle. It's obviously been some headlines uh, this week about the fact that they're not planning on letting any of your fans <laughs> come to the game. I, I, you, you, you called me about it on Monday and I'm like, this do still doesn't seem real to me. Explain to us what the communication has been like uh, for them to, for them telling you, yes, you, your football players can come to our game, but we don't want any of the parents or fans coming. Pretty much. I was in communication, you know, with, with their coach, their hair coach, Ray Fenton. Um, I've known him for some time now and Richard Smith, you know, I know I have a relationship with him back when I was doing a youth stuff over at Los Al. Um, and he pretty much told me that actually it was Richard that told me it wasn't Fenton and he had just got out of his, his league meeting and, and the rule that they have is only home parents can come away. Parents can't. And he said, you know, everyone was pretty much upset with him. So, you know, I heard him, but it didn't really register because I had so much stuff going on. And then I thought about, it, I'm just like, wait, hold on. What? I asked again. And that's what it was. And I'm just like, nah, it, that, that can't happen. You know what I mean? And, you know, I know people over there, I have people contacting me also from their end telling me it's not right. And, you know, and I had to tell that to my kids and my parents and my kids were like, coach, how are we going to do that? Like, how are you letting them do that? You know what I mean? So um, I, I reached out to you guys. I reached out to the LA times I talked to the OC register, talked to the press telegram because it's not right. I actually called their district today to express that because what they're doing is they're allowing it's, it's just it's just a messed up situation, right? It's their parents only, right? We're sitting on the sideline 
right in front of their parents, our parents have to watch on a live stream or from outside the fence. And I pretty much told them, you know, why don't you guys do one ticket per, per athlete? That's a fair way. Or how about you do no parents at all? If our parents can't go, should no parents go? Because it's not fair to our kids and it's not fair to our parents. And another thing that's going to happen is you're going to get crowds of people standing outside that fence there at Los Al. And you're talking about social distancing. That's not going to happen because now you're going to have to police upwards, uh, you know, 90 to 100 people trying to watch their kids. So um, I'm waiting for a call back from them. Um, I talked to her about 10 o'clock this morning. They're going to try to figure something out and call me back. But I mean, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I want that to be known that I do not like it and I do not agree with it and that they need to change that. Have you guys thought about, you know, boycotting the game or I mean, like, how, like how drastic? Because I mean, I, I talked to a couple of people yesterday who were like, bleep that, you know, like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. let my kid go play over there. I mean, especially yeah. knowing, as you said, how some of the Los Al uh, parents have been, frankly, yeah. you know, with Long yeah. kids over the years. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we won't boycott the game. I'm not that guy. I mean, we're going to go play, you know what I mean? But um, I'm going to give them until Friday morning to, to fix this. Uh, you know what I mean? I know my parents are sending emails to the district, to the school. I mean, we're doing everything we can. Um, and I, again, if she doesn't call me back, you know, by two o'clock, I'm going to reach back out to them. I may even go down to their district office since it's right down the street and just try to figure out a solution. Because I do know their booster club was talking about even adding stands and the end zones to allow more people to go to the game. So there's a solution right there. But, I mean, you guys have to be willing to do it. You know, if you sit back and look at it, you see schools in L.A. County, San Bernardino County, Riverside County. Um, you know, we're allowing fans to go to our games. And you're telling me you're in Orange County, the most lenient place in California throughout this whole <laughs> pandemic. Right. And you mean to tell me that parents can't go watch their kids? You got to be kidding me. Yeah, they need to fix it. They need to fix it. They need to fix it before Friday. Yeah, and it's especially such a close game. It's it's not unreasonable to assume. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your players live closer to Los Al than they do to Milliken, and I'm sure the reverse is true as well. I mean, it's just it's yeah. it's not like you're you're sending you know 150 parents to Corona or something crazy. Right. Uh, right. It's definitely not unreasonable. Um, well, hopefully that that all gets worked out before Friday. Obviously, we want to to have a balance there and have all parents be able to enjoy the game. Um, let's talk about your team a little bit though. Cause you know, I, you know, a lot of people are excited to watch you guys uh, you know, us included um, you know, I, t I talked to you for the preview, so I got a pretty good idea of what you're working with, but you know, just our, li our listeners that are tuning in kind of give them a preview, you know, how are you guys looking and, and who are some of the guys that uh, the people should watch out for this year um, named Pelham or otherwise? <laughs> um, I think we're okay. Um, we're young. Um, we're, we're definitely young and experienced. Um, we have a good amount of guys that play, but, you know, I'm hoping that we'll be competitive. I think this first week will will show a lot. I mean, it's a really good Los Al team. So, um, you know, the plan is to go in there and do what we do and be competitive. Um, our team is led by our captains. That's Patrick Gallagher, who's is our three-year starter. He plays center. He also played D-line. Um, we also have Matthew Garcia, who's a safety. I'm pretty sure you guys know his name. He does a really, really good job. Um, I think he's the smartest DB we have. Very, very reliable. He's like the, the quarterback on the defense side of the ball. And then you have Gavin Broderick, who's like our Iron Man. He does it all. 
Um, he's also a captain for us. He plays offensive tackle. He plays tight end. He plays DN. He plays D tackle. Like literally, he does it all. He doesn't complain. He just go and he works his butt off, and you know whatever we ask of, he do. Um, we have a, a transfer quarterback in Will Madonna from from Mayfair. You know he's a kid who who didn't play much, um, and you know the the more reps he get, the better he's becoming every day. Um, you know I'm pretty confident with him going into the season. Um, I think he'll do a good job. It's going to come down to play calling and making sure that we're putting him in a position to be successful, if that makes sense. Um, and of course, you guys all know about Takario, our Arizona commit. He's a really good football player for us. He'll go both ways. You know, we're hoping that he can kind of fill in where Staples left off. I mean, I know those are huge shoes to fill, but uh, I mean, even if we can just get 75% or 50% of what Staples was out of him, I think, you know, that'll, that'll be good for him. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think we'll be okay. I think this will be a good opportunity for us to see where we will be in the future because this six games, you know, we, we have a lot of young guys playing. So it'll give us an opportunity to see where we are and see what we need to fix, you know, for August. A handful of your players got involved in the club football scene while local high school football wasn't allowed to be played. What, what did you want them to get out of that experience? And now that you see them back, what do you think they got out of that club football experience? It was just experience. If you look at the club ball, it was talent. I think it was more talent there than what we will play this season in our league. There was way more talent there than what we will see in our league. Like the, the, the team with the seven McGee and, you know, all those guys. And then we played the Toa um, who's really good with Nico and, you know, our line got to see a lot of the Polynesian kids, you know what I mean? So um, I think defensively they got an opportunity to play together and, get some experience like for Madonna it was an opportunity for him to play for our young guys like Ryan got a chance to play varsity you know talent before our season so he's able to to kind of see the game you know the, the speed of the game and I think that speed will be a lot higher than what we'll see this year minus like Polly and Los um, depending on what some of the other schools are, are doing in our league but I think, I think it was good. You know I mean? If I could do it over again, I would definitely do it again. And I would encourage even more kids to go do it with us. But I understand that, you know, we're going to Arizona every two weeks. So it's a little bit harder, but um, I think, I think it really, really worked out. And another kid, another freshman kid, the, the Riley Tuggle, um, you know, he's going to, he's starting for us and that helped him a lot. And so he's a sophomore. So, you know, that, that basically gave us a season before the season for a lot of these guys to, to get that experience. What did you feel like was missing from the conversation around club football? You and I talked about this a little bit, that some of the media conversation out there maybe missed the boat on why those kids were playing. Um, and I feel like there, there were some people who kind of demonized the club football side, to be completely honest with you. So what, what did you think people didn't understand about why kids and, and why coaches like you were making that decision? Well, I mean, those people that, that don't understand, I mean, they just probably never played sports and don't get it. And they probably didn't grow up how a lot of these kids grew up and in the areas that these kids grew up in. You know what I mean? Football for a lot of kids, you know, it's, it's a mental health thing and it, it helped them mentally. You know, it, it also helps kids relieve stress and anger and, and you know, and it, it's, it's a way out of kids, especially from Long Beach. 
You know what I mean? Me growing up, a lot of my friends and myself, I mean, if we didn't play sports, you know, if, if I didn't play football and I didn't earn a scholarship, I probably wouldn't have went to college and got a degree, right? Because I couldn't afford it. We probably would have went to a Cal State. But a lot of these kids, that's their way out. You know what I mean? You'd rather kids sit in the house playing video games or, or walk into the store, you know, or, or, or being jumped into a gang or, you know what I mean? It's a lot of different things that kids were doing without football. And this club outlet helped us help a lot of kids. A lot of people don't agree with it. And I don't care if they don't agree with it. It's not for them to agree with. It's for the parents of those kids and the coaches that are coaching those kids to agree with it. So I feel like it was a good thing. Um, I commend Polly for doing it and Barbie over there. And I mean, they did a good job. They have a lot of kids from inner city. They have a lot of kids from the east side of Long Beach that live in the 20s or the insane. That's just the reality of it. And a lot of people don't know Long Beach and don't know the streets of Long Beach to get it. But I commend him for doing that because he helped a lot of kids out. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate Ziggy as well for allowing his seniors to come participate. You know what I mean? They didn't do their own club team. So he let Alama and he let uh, Michael Bruner come participate. And I think it was beneficial for those kids and it helped them. So um, all in all, I mean, it was, it was good. You know, I, I commend the coaches that did it and the players that did it. And, you know, you'll see a difference from the kids that played club ball and those that didn't play club ball. What's your uh, what's your kind of view of where the Moore League is at right now? I know you you, you just name dropped some of the some of the coaches in the league, but, um, you know, you know, it's it's there's a lot of Long Beach guys in the league and, and um, you know, seems things seem to be kind of going in a good direction and, and getting some of the right guys in the right spots, it feels like. So what's kind of your read on, on the Moore League? I know last year was your first year coaching uh, as a head coach in the Moore League. So you, you learned a lot from that experience. And where do you uh, think the league's at as far as a, as a football league looking to be competitive in CIF? Um, I, I think we're getting there. I think Polly obviously is already there. Um, I think Wilson had a really good run last year. I know they graduated a lot of guys, but all in all, I think that, that we have good coaches at every school. I don't know Shane much over at Cabrillo. I know he came from Mayfair, um, but I don't know much about him. But I think all in all, I think that we're doing a pretty good job. I know Scott's going to do a real good job at Lakewood. I know they went to the playoffs last year, so they're always going to do good. You know, they'll get more kids in and Compton. I mean, <laughs> Calvin's going to run his double wing, and you better stop it. If not, he's going to run for 500. <laughs> Um, and I know Tim over at Jordan, and they're getting some guys. They have a kid from Norbon. His name is Keyshawn. He's a pretty good player. And I know you have Rambo there and, you know, some Long Beach guys. Alama, I'm in, in our area. You know what I mean? He's You have to game plan against him. Um, he's that good. And then for us, I mean, you know, I think I do a pretty good job, decent job. And I think, you know, kid where we will attract kids from you know from our field and from the amount of scholarship opportunities that that we're you know giving to kids and the amount of college coaches I know um you know my philosophy is you know I, I want 11 kids basically fighting for a scholarship you know because when you have 11 kids fighting for a scholarship winning it's gonna it's gonna happen because those kids are playing for something bigger than just Millican football. They're playing to get out and go to college. So I think it'll be competitive around the board. Um, I know for us, when we play everybody, we got to take it one week at a time. We can't look past anybody. You know, I have to look, worry about Los Al right now, but Jordan, I can't look past Jordan. You know, we look past Jordan, we'll get beat. You know, we're, we lost every game by a touchdown or less last year. And 
um, you know, I have to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Coach, I've been asking every coach I talked to over the last few months this question, and I've gotten a variety of answers, so I'm looking forward to yours. What constitutes a successful season of Millican football? There's no playoffs. There's no championship. You know, somebody will quote-unquote win the league, and we're very much looking forward to you playing Polly on the last night of the regular season. But what constitutes a successful season? It's how much do we get experienced? Um, how well do we execute the plays, our coverages? How well are we in our blitzes that are called? Um, how familiar are we getting the kids with our scheme? Because right now, this essentially is a, is a practice season. Essentially, that's what it is. And for this season, it's not about wins and losses for us, you know, because, again, there are no playoffs, you know. Um, do we want to win? Hell, yeah, I want to win. Who doesn't want to win? But um, for me, it's, it's bigger than that for right now. It's kids that show up have to be bought into our system. Um, you know, we go looking for even further. We look at the academic piece. We look how many kids are late to practice, how many kids are late to walk through. If everybody is doing the right thing and we're in the right place and we're running the right scheme and kids are doing their part to the best of their ability, that's a win for me. Even if the scoreboard doesn't show a win, that's a win for me and for our program. Great stuff, Coach. Really appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, best of luck this week throughout the season, and we'll see you soon out there on the gridiron, man. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. This has been another episode of What Up Long Beach. We want to quickly, again, thank our sponsors, including our friends over at Ocean Law Center. Visit OceanLawCenter.com to see what services they can provide for you, helping injured people and their families. Thank you to Ocean Law Center for their continued support of Long Beach sports coverage.